your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast on this Monday, October 25th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you, coming off another Raiders victory, improving the overall record to 5-2, and two, and now have a bye week. They picked up the 33-22 win over the Eagles on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium in very dominating fashion. Thank you so much for making Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And remember, you can find the Locked On Raiders podcast free and available on all platforms. So a uh, very positive podcast that you're going to get today because the Raiders have made it that way. The Raiders have done a really good job of overcoming adversity, finding ways to win games. And again, not just finding ways to go out and win games, but going out and winning games in a dominant fashion. There was a point in the game on Sunday where my mom texted me and said oh this game's over how often do you get to do that when it's a Raider game how often do you get a chance to do that and it's on the positive side of things where it's on the Raiders are winning side of things and you can say oh yeah this game is over and that was early like late in the third quarter early in the fourth quarter and it was a done deal and I think most of Raider Nation probably feels the same way so very positive podcast today. Very excited about the fact that the Raiders get a week off now, uh, get to lick their wounds and get a little bit healthy, and uh, then prepare for a road trip against the New York Giants. So coming up on today's show, segment number three, your calls and text straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. You know the number, 707-654-4693. Segment number two, I'll go over the keys of the game that I had on Friday's uh, show. And then also hand out some game balls to some folks that uh, I think stood out in a major way from the game on Sunday. Here in segment number one, I like to do news and notes. Really, in this segment, I'm just going to kind of go over the game by the numbers. Uh, you'll hear post-game audio from Rich Basaccia, Derek Carr, Kenyon Drake, Foster Moreau, Unique Ngakwe. Uh, just a couple sound bites from most of those guys. I'll try to get as many in as possible. And then I even got a Derek Carr nugget that I thought was a really good one from NFL Communications. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And you know what? I think I'll start with this uh, nugget from NFL Communications. I like to call these little facts, like to call them little NFL nuggets. I thought this was a really good one on Derek Carr. The quarterback completed 31 to 34 pass attempts, 91.2% for 323 yards and two TDs with one interception for 113.6 rating in the Raiders' 33-22 win over Philadelphia. Carr's 91.2% completion percentage ranks as second highest single game mark all time in which a quarterback attempted at least 30 passes. Only Drew Brees, who had 96.7 on December 16, 2019, had a higher single-game completion percentage. So not too bad. Out of all the quarterbacks that have played in the NFL, all the greats, he's up there at number two as far as completion percentage over 30 pass attempts. Only had three incompletions, and one of them was a tip ball interception off Jalen Richard's hand, and it was a bad pass by Derek Carr. But to only throw three incompletions on the day is not too bad at all. So I thought that was a pretty interesting nugget right there from NFL Communications. As far as the numbers go in the game, well, I already gave you Derek Carr's number, so you already know that one. But the running game, 29 total carries for the Raiders, 119 yards, 4.1 yards per carry. Uh, that was led by Kenyon Drake, who had 14 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. He came in, and really he was the, the guy that had to fill the void because Josh Jacobs, after scoring his touchdown, left the game with a, a chest injury and did not return. So he scores a touchdown and leaves the game. So it was really good to have Kenyon Drake. In the last couple of weeks, he's really shown what his worth is. Even though he only had 14 carries and 
only had 69 yards. Uh, he was running hard. You can see that he's part of the offense, and uh, he was a real big disappointment as far as I'm concerned through the first few games of the season. But the last two games, he's really shown his worth. So uh, not too bad for the Raiders as far as rushing the ball, 119 total yards, and they had 442 total yards as a team. So that's outstanding. They did a really good job of attacking that Philadelphia Eagles defense. So now let's get into some post-game audio. Of course, up first is uh, interim head coach Rich Basaccia, who is now 2-0 in his young coaching career as far as head coaching career. But here's the opening statement from Rich Basaccia. Congratulations to the men in the locker room. I thought they competed with relentless effort throughout the entire game. Start to finish, uh, if you go through our formula a little bit, we ended up plus one in the turnover margins, overcame an interception, and ended up getting two fumbles with big force as you look through the game. Offensively explosive plays. We had a big play late from Alec, and then Foster's touchdown his ability to make that catch in the end zone was huge. And then Zay Jones started us off you know, with the big play down the sideline. And then we got our chance to get into the fourth quarter. Derek was outstanding managing the clock. I thought Greg Olson was um, tremendous in four-minute offense and certainly what he did um, early in the game, um, moving the football. We have a, a six-minute drive, I believe, from the four-yard line, 96-yard touchdown drive, took up six minutes. Um, and then again, as I alluded to, the fourth quarter pass rush uh, did a great job in the end with space tackling as we got through it. So. Um, that's again, I thought it was a complete team effort from start to finish, and, and um, I'll take any questions that you may have. So there's Rich Versace right there just kind of going down the game, uh, letting you know everything that really happened and that annoying little popping sound. Uh, nothing I could do about that. That was some kind of something going on with the microphone in the post-game media session room. It was really weird. The mic was loose, and so they kept trying to fix it, but it just wasn't fixing. So uh, there you go. There's Rich Versace's opening statement right there. One element of this team that has continued to improve has been the offensive line, and you've seen it the last couple weeks. Uh, it was something that needed to improve in a major way. They made some changes uh, as far as personnel goes, and uh, they've just continued to get better. So here's Rich Basaccia talking about the improvement on the offensive line. Yeah, again, I think, you know, we've talked again on and on and on. Um, you know, maybe what we've done a little bit offensively, the direction that Greg's gone and his conversations with, with Coach Cave, I think we're, we're um, doing some things uh, in the run game that are helping both Josh and certainly with Kenyon's doing, and it's good to get um, Jalen back. But I think the offensive line today set the tempo for what we were trying to do. Um, also, not only in the run game, but pass protection. I think, um, yeah, what was Derek, 31 of 34 today? So they kept him clean with no sacks. So I think they're a young group that's that's on the come, and, and uh, they've been practicing extremely, extremely hard, working on putting their hands inside, doing a lot of those things. So they were exciting to watch today. So there's Rich Basaccia talking about the improvement of the offensive line, and you're going to start to notice a theme because everybody was asked about the improvement of the offensive line. I mean, that is that is an element of the team that was struggling, and the Raiders were winning games early in the season despite the struggles of the offensive line, and now you're starting to see it gel. You're starting to see it come together. So Derek Carr was asked following the game about the improvement on the offensive line, and something that he had mentioned during training camp, he wasn't going to worry about their early struggles because he saw something in them. So uh, here's Derek Carr talking about what he saw early and the improvement he's seeing now. Yeah, I mean, we're going to go as they go, you know. Um, you know, if we, you know, if they make the holes and, you know, we have time to throw it, um, you know, we, we feel confident in our attack um, and uh, I'm very proud of those guys. And they should get a lot of credit because we have five wins, right? Um, you know, and the, it, it all starts up front in this league. You know, if, if you can dominate the, the line of scrimmage, you, you have a good chance to win the football game. And they've done a great job for us. And, you know, what they showed me in practice is why I wasn't worried, you know, and the mistakes that would happen in games is why I wasn't worried, you know. Um, it wasn't cause for concern. That doesn't mean we're going to be perfect going forward. It just means that if we continue just to do right, good things happen. And uh, 
so far they, they did a great job. I mean, I turned around on some of those run holes and some pretty big lanes in there. So there's Derek Carr talking about the improvement on the offensive line. He said, we're only going to go as far as they go. And multiple guys, and I'm not going to play every soundbite, but multiple guys said just about the same thing. Now, one thing I found very interesting, uh, head coach Rich Basaccia had called Derek Carr the face and the and the voice of the franchise. And so uh, when Derek Carr stepped to the podium, he was asked uh, and basically was asked to respond to what Rich Basaccia had said, calling him the voice of the franchise. Now that John Gruden's not there, they need someone that can stand up in that locker room and speak to everyone, and that's Derek Carr. So here's him talking about being the voice of the franchise. Yeah, um, you know, I, I talked a little bit to see what about this. You know, when, when Coach Gruden would walk in a room, all eyes are on him, you know. And, uh, and when, we, when we lost that, someone, you know, someone has to fill that void. And it's not only me, but obviously as the quarterback and leader, I've been here a while. Um, I was like, you know what, I got to take that part of what I do to another level. And um, so, some of the stuff I did when, you know, other coaches were here, you know, uh, I would always go over there and talk to Khalil or talk to the, you know, Jelly or the defense and get them going, see Wood, all those guys. And, and now um, I just trying to, I'm just trying to do everything I can to encourage, uplift and motivate our guys uh, to keep going, you know, um, in every situation. So it, it's not only me, but um, I, I appreciate him saying that. So there's Derek Carr on being the, the voice in the face of the franchise currently right now with the silver and black. And I, I have so much more sound that I want to get to, and I'm not going to be able to get to it all. But there was a lot of really good stuff. So let me just go ahead and scatter shoot real quick, try to get a couple more. How about this one from Kenyon Drake? I thought this was good. Uh, he was asked, and I believe Vinny Bonsignor asked him about the team improving and how the last two games they've gone out and played really well after dealing with all the off-the-field adversity. Uh, teams could go two ways, and we talked about it many times on this podcast. They deal with something like that. They can either use that as motivation and improve, like the Raiders have, or they can crater. What has stopped the Raiders from being that team that cratered? It's actually kind of funny that you asked that because before I came in today, I had this random thought about a meeting that we had earlier in the year before the season started, and it was like a mental health meeting. And we all kind of sat down in the indoor and really kind of talked about you know the problems that we have on and off the field. And I felt like at that moment that this team was in a different kind of headspace than any team that I had ever really been on. So with that being said, as the season kind of went on, I can see us continue to gel. And then when adversity hit, it only made us stronger. And I look forward to continuing to play with these guys. I love going to work every day. Um, I love seeing every you know single person that's there. Not saying that that wasn't the case before when I was on any other teams, but um, this team is something special. And I feel like you know a lot of people around this league feel that same way. I thought that was a great quote right there from Kenyon Drake. I really did. I mean, that just kind of goes back to everything we've been talking about about this team being different, built different, special. They play for each other. They love each other. They hang out with each other. There's just something different about this team, and they're sitting at five and two. They still have ten more games at least to play. Don't know exactly what that's going to do, but you got to feel good about the direction that they're going in, and you got to feel good about who they are as a unit and how much they enjoy each other. And my final soundbite I'm going to play here, and hopefully I can play a couple more throughout the rest of the show, but Unique Ngakwe, he had two sacks on the day. He had a really good day. Uh, him and Max Crosby, they've been going back and forth. Max has four, five sacks uh, for the season, and Ngakwe has four. So Ngakwe was asked about Max Crosby and how they've helped each other out, and he flipped it around and just answered it on how Max Crosby has helped him out absolutely uh that's my brother i'm gonna speak on how he's helped me he's helped me the way we uh practice we always compete with each other uh from our get-offs to how clean we eat uh to uh all the way to how much extra work we put in after practice if you watch practice we're the last two guys to leave and i always notice him looking at me and 
trying to figure out how he can uh, compete. And I'm always doing the same thing, trying to look at him to figure out how I can compete. And that's what I love about him. He's a guy that busts his ass every day. I see a lot of myself in him, and that's why he's having a tremendous success. So, I mean, it kind of piggybacks with what Kenyon Drake was just saying, right? Talking about the fact how much they love each other and how much they're there for each other. And then all of a sudden you turn around and you hear Unique Ngakwe talk about Max Crosby and how that's his brother. And he's been saying that since he arrived with the team. They gelled, and they became so close so quickly. And I'm, I just – I don't even understand how that happened. They just really bonded quickly. And then you saw it in training camp. You saw it in the preseason, and you're seeing it now. Again, Crosby has five sacks on the season – and Ngakwe has four. And Ngakwe looks like he's getting hot. He's starting to warm up and lather up. You see him, he's getting quick. He looks like he's, he's probably getting a, about as healthy as possible with that hamstring, and now he's going to be off for a week. And I don't mean off like doing nothing, but he'll be able to rest and not have to worry about a game. So by the time they play the Giants, man, he'll probably be as close to 100% as he'll be all season long. So uh, that's, that's an exciting thing because if he continues to get after the quarterback and Crosby continues to get after the quarterback the way that they're doing, it will be a fun season watching these guys go back and forth and see who's going to end up being the, the leader of the team as far as sacks go. But right now Crosby has five and Ngakwe has four. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Kind of news and notes, just over going over the game and just breaking it down and how the Raiders won 33-22 to over the Philadelphia Eagles and proving their overall record to 5-2 and two on the season as they head into the bye week. So coming up in segment number two, going to talk about the keys to the game that I had on Friday and going to hand out some game balls and do all that. That comes up in segment number two. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Direct TV stream and I know you've been in this scenario before where you got one device you're watching the game live you got another device you're watching your favorite show then you're watching sports highlights on your phone you've got your neighbor's friend so you can check out Netflix well there's a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and it's a great way to finally get your TV together it's called direct TV stream it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all the same place no more juggling remotes no need to buy another device ever And the best part, no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to get into the segment, talk about the keys of the game that I had from Friday, see how the Raiders did with those keys of the game, and also want to hand out some game balls to those that deserve the game balls. Before I get into it, though, uh, kind of like a little nugget from uh, segment number one that I should have passed along. With that victory, now the Raiders are 5-2. and two. I've mentioned that a couple times. They're first in the AFC West. Uh, the Chargers had a bye, so they're going to be 4-2. and two. So it goes Raiders 5-2, and two, Chargers are 4-2, and two, and then the Broncos and Kansas City both are 3-4. and four. And Kansas City got blown the blank out <laughs> by Tennessee on Sunday, and that's a whole other conversation. We'll get into that at some other time. But, man, that, that looked really bad. Patrick Mahomes left with a, a concussion. Uh, apparently he got cleared, but, man, uh, that was not a good look for the Kansas City Chiefs. So not only are the Raiders first in the AFC West, right now currently they're the number two seed in the AFC, the whole conference. So just know that. Keep that little nugget uh, under your belt. You know what I mean? Like, that's a that's a good little nugget to have right there. And, uh, again, it goes back to the Raiders getting those first four 
games under their belt that were all AFC games, and they got three out of four victories. Uh, the only loss they had was to the Chargers. So now let's get to the keys to the game that I have from Friday and see how the, how the Raiders stacked up against them. First of all, my first key offensively was run the ball because I said the Eagles are very suspect when it comes to the run game. Well, that was shown in a major way on, uh, on Sunday. The Raiders ended up with 119 yards total, led by Kenyon Drake, 14 carries, 69 yards, and a TD. Uh, the Raiders averaged over four yards a carry. And there was a point in the game where they were up to like six yards per carry. I mean, they were just, they were just gashing the, uh, the Eagles' defense. And so they, they were able to run the ball uh, successfully. So you got to give them a lot of credit. So, so the first key to the game... Check. The next key to the game was try to get Darren Waller matched up with the Eagles linebackers, make an effort to target that area of the defense and that area of the field, and they did. And they didn't get Darren Waller involved because he was out. He had an ankle injury, but it sounds like he's going to be okay when the Raiders go to New York to take on the Giants. But Foster Moreau had a big day. He had six catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. And the Raiders really attacked that middle of the defense. And any time they wanted to throw the ball in the middle of the field, they did, and they were successful. It didn't matter if it was Hunter Renfro, if it was Brian Edwards, if it was a running back coming out of the backfield, field. I mean, anytime that they wanted to attack the middle of the field, they did it and they had success. So uh, yeah, check. Even though it wasn't Darren Waller, uh, and I thought that that was going to be big. That was huge. When I was doing the pregame, pregame show from Allegiant Stadium, I kept saying, man, if Waller's out, that's going to really hurt the Raiders. But uh, they were able to to make it work without uh, without Darren Waller. Hell, Hunter Renfro had seven catches for 58 yards. I mean, again, the middle of the field was open all game long. So check on point number two on the offense. Third point on the offense, offensive line needs to continue to gel. Check, check, check. <laughs> They've gone two games now without allowing a sack. They're definitely improving. Now, Simpson and Parker, they both got banged up throughout the course of the game, but uh, having this week off will help them in a major way. You could see this O-line is definitely gelling. They're doing a really good job, so shout out to the O-line. So check, check, check with all the keys offensively how about defensively got to get pressure on Jalen Hurts with the front four the Raiders did that all game long Unique Ngakwe had two sacks but they were on him and around him all throughout the course of the game and there's a lot of times where he was able to break out and run and he did a good job of doing that I think he led the team in a in rushing matter of fact I know he led the team in rushing I think he had about 60 something yards on the day for the Eagles but uh the Raiders made him work for it they really did and I'll tell you I was impressed by the fact that Unique Ngakwe was chasing this dude all around the field and catching up to him. I mean, there was times where he was trying to chase him down from behind and made Jalen Hurts run out of bounds. I was really uh, impressed by that. The the defensive line pressure, the way that they were getting after uh, Jalen Hurts, I thought that was impressive. So uh, check right there. Eliminate the big plays to those speedy wide receivers on the outside. Uh, outside a couple big plays early on, like the first drive of the game and then late in garbage time, the Raiders did exactly that. Eliminated the big plays to the speedy wide receivers. So uh, shout out to them for that. Check. And then lastly was the crowd at Allegiant Stadium. Affect the game. Drown out those Philly fans. And uh, I'll tell you, the Philly fans tried to be rowdy early, right? They tried to be loud. They tried to make a lot of noise. Uh, when they had a couple positive plays, especially that first drive of the game, they, uh, they were loud. And, and you could tell, and some people were hitting me up on Twitter, it sounds like an Eagles home game. Well, that disappeared real quick, fast, and in a hurry. And that'll happen when the Raiders' defense all of a sudden decides that they're not going to uh, let them score anymore, and the Raiders ran off 30 straight points. I mean, the Eagles scored on their first drive of the game, and then the Raiders went 30 unanswered points before the Eagles ever scored again. That will quiet a crowd down real fast, and that's exactly what happened. At some point, you saw green around the stadium, but you sure didn't hear no green. So uh, the crowd at Allegiant Stadium did a really good job. Anytime that it was called upon for them to get loud, they got loud, and they made a whole lot of noise. So shout-out to Raider Nation for affecting the game, help affect the game at Allegiant Stadium. So now with all that being said, 
Let's go ahead and hand out some game balls. Only got a couple that I'm going to hand out today, and the first one's going to go to Derek Carr. I could give him a game ball for all five wins that the Raiders have. I absolutely could, but I don't do that. I usually try to find someone else that might have played a bigger role that nobody's really talking about. In this game, I'd be silly not to. He was 31 for 34, 323 yards, two TDs, and interception. He had three incompletions. And the one interception that he had, it was a bad pass from him. It was behind Jalen Richard. He tipped it up. It was an interception. The Raiders were on their way. They were driving. They were in the red zone. Uh, Could have put some points up on the board, and they didn't. But to be able to go 31 for 34, that is efficiency. I mentioned that nugget in segment number one from NFL Communications where Derek Carr's 91.2 completion percentage ranks as the second highest single game mark all time in which a quarterback attempted at least 30 passes. So uh, with that being said, you know he's got to get a game ball. So that one game ball goes to D.C. Next game ball, I thought about giving it to Kenyon Drake because he had a good performance, 14 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. He's got three touchdowns the last two weeks. He also had three catches for 10 yards, uh, and he filled in for Josh Jacobs when he left the game with that chest injury and never able came back. Uh, So he did a good job. I was going to give him one, but... I decided just to give it to the O-line. And so in the O-line room, they get a game ball. That offensive line, uh, we talked about it quite a bit so far on today's show. They've really stepped up. Derek Carr said that they're only going to go as far as the O-line goes. Everyone was talking about the offensive line. Matter of fact, I didn't play the soundbite in segment number one, but Kenyon Drake talked about the offensive line and the improvement from them. So here's Kenyon Drake talking about the offensive line. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's a great thing to see. Um, you know, they obviously had their struggles. I think we all, as an offense, had our struggles uh, to begin the season. We were always we were talking about, you know, being 3-0 and and, you know, feeling like we hadn't really reached our potential on offense. And then, obviously, we had a, um, a couple hiccups. And the problems that we were having when we were winning were still there. So we, you know, obviously need to look ourselves in the mirror and kind of figure out, all right, what's the next move we need to make? Um, and that, like I said, it always starts with the online, no matter, you know, what team you're on, uh, what level. Um, this this game is built on you know, in the inside out. Um, so I just love the fact that they're just continuing to grow and keep getting better because, you know, I, I don't, like I said, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but we're only going to go as far as they go. So a game ball goes to that offensive line unit. You know, shout out to Tom Cable for figuring it out, turning that thing around. And, you know, really they're, they're starting to see the vision that they had in the offseason when they decided that they were going to reconstruct the offensive line, how it was going to look. Of course, Rookie Alex Leatherwood was expected to be the right tackle. He's now right guard, but whatever works, however however the unit works is the best, and however you can win games and you can start being effective with that O-line, and you're seeing a lot more balance now. You're seeing the running game. You're seeing the passing attack. You're seeing more efficiency, and it's all because of those guys up front. The big uglies are getting it done for the Raiders right now. And my final game ball, and I'm only going to hand out three today, my final game ball, Goes to the defense. So put it in the defensive room. You know, you got one game ball in the offensive line room. Well, you got one game ball in the defense room. And and the reason why I'm giving it to the whole defensive unit, they gave up the opening drive touchdown. Jonathan Hankins got called for a, a, a penalty, and it's like it all of a sudden it just jump-started the Eagles, and they went down the field, and they scored quick, fast, in a hurry. It was 7-0. The Eagles fans were all lathered up at Allegiant Stadium. They were loud and proud and all that good stuff. And then all of a sudden, that defense just clamped it down. And the Raiders ended up going on a, on, a, on a run where they scored 30 unanswered points. Defense didn't give up any points again until the fourth quarter. I heard a, a, a little nugget that I found to be interesting during the game broadcast. It was funny. I had actually walked away from my seat in the press box, and I went to uh, go get a water. And so they had the TV on. You could hear the TV broadcast. And they said during the TV broadcast, so far this year, the Raiders have outscored their opponents in the third quarter 55-6. to six. 
They have not allowed a touchdown yet in the third quarter in seven games. How stinking impressive is that? 55-6. to six. Remember when the Raiders were struggling to score in the third quarter a couple seasons ago? Now they're blowing people out in the third quarter. 55-6 to six is a hell of a stat and a hell of a number. So shout out to the Raiders for being able to score that many points, but then the defense not even allowing a touchdown yet in the third quarter through seven games. So uh, my other game ball goes to the defensive unit. Maybe it can sit on Gus Bradley's desk, and maybe the other ball can sit on Tom Cable's desk. I don't care. They can figure out who's going to take it with them. But they deserve a game ball. The O-line deserves a game ball, and Derek Carr deserves a game ball. So that's who I'm handing them out to. Who have you got? 707-654-4693. That's the Locked On Raiders podcast voicemail line, and your calls and texts are coming up next. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple of great sponsors here at the Locked On Raiders podcast, including Get Upside. And for anyone who drives, all the listeners of the Locked On Raiders podcast who drive need this incredible app. If you're buying gas, you need to know about it. All the listeners can make up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas that is purchased every time they fill up. All you got to do is download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play and do it right now. Use that promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So that's 50 cents cash back per gallon. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get that cash back using GetUpside. Again, download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Get up to 50 cents gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot, and there's a lot of people that drive a lot, trust me on that, they're making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card for Amazon, other brands, it doesn't matter. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code touchdown again that's promo code touchdown the get upside app get it right now i also want to tell you about built bar you know i got to tell you about built bar all the time and anytime i'm going to tell you about built bar i always want to go to the website and see exactly what they have focused on what their what their uh, limited time flavors are and today coconut marshmallow blueberry muffin rocky road cherry lime strawberry and peanut butter brownie so uh, those have been the limited time flavors for a while now probably probably about a week or so so they're not going to last too much longer so you, if you want to get one of those flavors you got to get them now they're 100 real chocolate they're 100 delicious uh, they're just great tasting protein bars and they're good for you so when you have that late night snack maybe you're watching sunday night football or maybe you just needed a snack after watching the raiders wax the eagles well, you can go to Built Bar. Instead of having a, a candy bar and feeling bad about it, you can have a, a protein bar and feel great about it, and still, it tastes great. There's so many fa- flavors to choose from. Just go to the website right now and check them out, builtbar.com. While you're there, use that promo code LOCK15, and you'll save 15% off your order when you check out. That's builtbar.com, promo code LOCK15. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your thoughts, whatever's on your mind, your calls and texts, straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Army Raider. He's calling to talk about a couple things that are standing out to him about this Raiders team. Here he is, Army Raider. What's up, Q? It's your boy, Army Raider, enjoying another win. And just wanted to call and talk about three quick things pretty stoked about from this game number one this this defense just looks like they're playing like dogs this year I mean it might not be the most talented group we've ever had but they sure as hell play hard and they and they're out to prove something Crosby and Gakway is just an absolute terror off the edges as a tandem second I know the, the nostalgia in all of us wants to just you know be like Gruden's 
was doing good. He was doing good. He was doing good. And he's a great coach for history. But this offense for the second week in a row has looked a hell of a lot more balanced and a hell of a lot better. And to me, that comes with less predictability with the Olsen play calling. And third, I just really want to respect the guys and how they're playing for for old Ricky B. I mean, this is this is just something else. I mean, it almost looks like they're they're trying to prove a point. They're trying to prove that we got his back. We we're here for him. We're here for each other. Don't don't judge us by what happened with Gruden and that whole thing. Like we're gonna fail. We're out to prove something. Anyways, another great win. Uh, stressing up this knee, sitting out here on my porch, smoking a cigar to celebrate, and peace and love to all. Army Raider out. There he goes, Army Raider. And, yeah, man, defense is playing great. Gus Bradley is definitely earning his checks with the way that the unit is playing. Greg Olson calling really good games so far through two weeks. And Rich Basaccia has done a really good job taking over. The players like playing for him. That's clear. Uh, and, and they do act like they have something to prove. And that's a good thing because they're going out and they're proving it week in and week out, sitting at 5-2 and two now with a week to get a little bit healed up and rested up with the bye week. Thank you so much for that call, my man. It's always good to hear from you. Next up, got a text from Raider Tone. Raider Tone here from the 661 with a few quick takes on the great win. Great domination in that game from our offense. Another great play calling from Olsen, but I don't like the conservative play calls once we got up. One, Foster gave defensive coordinators more to think about for the next game. Two, is this a new Drake or is this a Drake that knows Richard came off the IR? Three, down on Levitt, lack of athleticism and tackling is scary when in the game. I'd like to see a proven vet in there like HaHa Clinton Dix. Maybe your next presser you can ask about an update on HaHa. Is he still getting up to speed on the calls? What's his status? Just get healthy on this bye, baby. That's from Raider Tone. And I'll go in reverse order. I'll tell you about HaHa Clinton Dix. He's on the practice squad right now. I wouldn't be in a hurry to get him in the game. I mean, there's a reason why he's been released by so many teams. He's just not that guy that he was when he came out of Alabama and he was playing for Green Bay. I mean, he's not, he's not that guy. There's multiple teams that have let him go, uh, and he knows the scheme. So, I mean, he's he's uh, he's just one of those guys that you put in there uh, if someone gets banged up. You know, he's like a just-in-case emergency break glass type situation. Uh, Levitt, I'm with you. I don't want to see him in there defensively either. But they did put him in there, and especially when they called off the dogs, you start to see other guys get into the game. Desmond Trufant played a little bit. I mean, they just kind of, you know, got a lot of their guys out of the game early. So, wouldn't sweat it in that game. And the conservative play calling, I wouldn't sweat it in that either uh, because they were just, you knew that they were just going to run out the clock. And so that's the only reason why they were doing that. It was getting conservative. They just wanted to run out the clock, get down the field, maybe kick a field goal. And that's exactly what they did. So uh, I'm not worried about that play calling. There's no reason to go out there and, and show a whole lot or even put Derek Carr in harm's way when you're up as much as they were. I mean, again, they the, the Eagles hadn't scored until the fourth quarter. So uh, I'm not too worried about that. Uh, Foster Moreau, I think a lot of people know who Foster Moreau is. Uh, he just had to step up because Darren Waller was out. And so uh, I think that you saw a glimpse of who he can be. He just has to get more opportunity. But when you have a stud like Darren Waller, it's hard for him to get that opportunity. But, yeah, I mean, he's a good player. I think we all saw that going back even to his uh, his rookie year. Thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Next up, got a call from OC Raider in Dallas, Texas. He's calling to talk about the style the team is playing with and what he's noticing. Here he is, OC Raider in Dallas, Texas. Hey, this is OC Raider calling from Dallas, Texas. Love the show, and love that the Raiders just won. Let's go Raiders! And they look good today. And man, come on Raider Nation, we gotta like what we're seeing. They looked like they were playing a little bit more loose. It's a little bit more 
relaxed, you know. And maybe, I don't know, it's because if it is in your coach's style, maybe he's a little not as tight. That's only, man, I love Gruden's passion for the Raiders. I, my, maybe he had a, too much of a tight grip on the on the guy, especially Carr. And now that he's playing a little looser, they're able to score and even run on a fourth and one. Instead of running, they actually pass it. And, uh, man, it just feels good to win. It's good to win. Let's keep going, Raiders. Raider Nation. Love the show. Good time, caller. I don't know if I said that. And, uh, it's a new booty. So let's keep going. Raider Nation. Time to be loud and proud. All right. We'll see Raider out. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. Thank you for being a new booty caller here on the show. Good stuff. And yeah, the Raiders are playing. They're playing loose and they're looking good. Uh, the one thing I know for a fact about Basaccia is he's the kind of coach that allows the other coaches to do their job. Not saying that John Gruden didn't, but he focuses on his job and he really does a good job of CEO and instead of, you know, trying to do everything himself. They always say like the best the best boss or the best, you know, manager or owner is the guy who's the who can delegate. Well, he delegates really well. Let's Greg Olson call the plays as the offensive coordinator. Gus Bradley is doing his thing as defensive coordinator. And Bisaccia still has his responsibilities as special teams. And, you know, one thing I didn't talk about is the awareness that the Raiders had coming out of the, the locker room in the third quarter that the Eagles, there was a good chance that they were going to try to do an onside kick. It's, it's almost like, I don't know, the head coach of the Raiders is a special teams guy, and he probably warned them about that in the locker room. Hey, um, you might want to watch out for this. Pay attention to this. They might try to get some momentum back. And they did try to get that onside kick and Allegheny goal came up with the recovery but they were clearly ready for it so uh, hats off to Rich Basaccia for that as well up next got a text from Raider Infiltrator Q what's up my guy second screen for a big gain couple play actions we continue to throw big on third and short and offensive line has looked better because of it in my opinion car damn near perfect Ruggs and Edwards continue to improve and Foster Moreau fills in nicely for Waller I'm actually glad for the bye I usually hate when we have a bye no Raider football but some of our guys need a rest hate to see Perriman hurting other players need rest too appreciate the voice cue I'm gonna be at the Bengal game in a few weeks hope to link up with you if possible Raider Nation enjoy the bye week and see you in New York that's from Raider Infiltrator Thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, the play calling has been really fun. And I say really fun because it's not it's not so predictable. It's something that a lot of Raider Nations complained about. Uh, a lot of people kind of keyed in on what John Gruden liked to do offensively. And he, he just got into one of those, he was comfortable with this play, this play, and this play. Well, Greg Olson is doing his thing. Now, who knows how long that's going to last where defensive coordinators aren't going to catch up with what Greg Olson's doing. I mean, it's new. So now they got a couple games under their belt. So let's see. Let's see what happens when the Raiders go to New York. How will the Giants prepare to try to attack Greg Olson defensively? That's going to be a nice chess match to watch, but at least the Raiders have an extra week. So who knows? Might actually see a few more wrinkles in the Raiders offense coming up when they do play the Giants in week nine. And my final call of the show today comes from Underrated Raider. He's calling to talk about the team in general with the, the way that they're looking. Here he is, Underrated Raider. Q, what is up? It's your boy, Underrated Raider of the 760 High Desert. Man, shout out to Rich Versace, bro, getting this team fired up on all cylinders. I was a little nervous going into the Eagles game because I thought they are you know, they were a little bit better than their record. But, man, we waxed them, bro. I, I, man, I'm excited. This is uh, some good football. We got 5-2 and two going into the bye week. Travel to the East Coast. Hopefully we can get the Giants, man, and then KC at home. Uh, I'm, I, I ain't going to say the P word yet, man. I ain't, ain't going to say the P word yet, but it's we looking good, man. We looking good. Uh, time to get drunk, bro. Q, you be safe. Raider Nation, 
Y'all know what it is, bro. Raider Nation for life. Raiders. There he goes. Underrated Raider right there. And, yeah, they do look good. They get a well-deserved break, a chance to get healthy, and take on a Giants team that just waxed the Panthers on Sunday, man. And that that was something that was kind of eye-opening. Now, I don't think that the Giants are a very good team, uh, similar to the, the Eagles. You know, I think that they probably are better than their record, but you are what your record says you are. And they're not a very good team. And so they, they had a very good performance against the Panthers. And now, don't look now, but the Panthers are on a losing streak just like the Broncos are. Uh, really strange, man. It's been a weird year across the league. But uh, the Raiders, as I mentioned earlier in the show, tied for the best record in the AFC with the Titans, the Bengals, and the Ravens. And they got a victory over the Ravens, and they get the Bengals in a few weeks. So 5-2 and two in the AFC West, first place. Second seed in the AFC in general, pretty stinking impressive for the silver and black. And uh, as mentioned, they get a very well-deserved week off. And, of course, it's not a week off or just do nothing, but just allow their bodies to get healthy. A guy like Denzel Perryman, who's leading the league in tackles right now, could really use that week just to, to rest and relax and, and just kind of recharge for the second half. And it's kind of the second half. They got 10 more games to go. So let's see what they do coming out of the bye week. So that's all I got for you today on on the show. I appreciate everyone who chimed in. I'm sure everyone's feeling really good about themselves as the Raiders are sitting there at 5-2. and two. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have more calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. We'll have more news and notes of the day. And it's the bye week, so we'll have a lot of bye week conversations. I got a lot of good topics that I have written down. Cannot wait to talk about them. So that's what we'll do starting tomorrow. So Raider Nation, appreciate you as always. Congratulations again on a victory. 5-2, and two, bye week. You can, relax, you can relax, chill, talk a little noise to your friends that are, aren't Raider fans and uh, enjoy it. So until then, Raider Nation, as always, just win, baby.